Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Transform TV podcast series. I am joined today by Chris Holmes, who is the SVP of Global Sourcing at Avantor. Chris, thanks so much for being here. No, thank you. Thanks for the invitation. Good to, uh, good to join you. Yeah, well, we're going to be having a chat about something I think we both are very interested in, which is, well, procurement, circular economy, sustainability, and really the opportunities uh, around procurement so what, and global sourcing. Uh, so, uh, first of all, why don't you just maybe tell the crowd a little bit about who you are and your background? Yeah, sure. So, um, yeah, as, as you mentioned, I work for a company called uh, Avantor. It's actually a U.S. Uh, life sciences company, um, which is uh, basically focused around setting science in, in motion to create a better world. Um, so we're supplying a lot into, into the kind of big pharma, uh, biotech, uh, as well as other some, some of the other sort of technology industries as well, actually, from, from that perspective. Mm. Um, I'm actually based in, in Switzerland, um, just outside of Basel. Uh, and I've lived, I'm obviously from the UK, uh, you can tell from my accent probably, but uh, I've lived outside of the UK since 2002, mostly in Switzerland, but also uh, also in the US for a few years. Um, married and two two great daughters, uh, both, at, both at university now. Um, and then from a, from a kind of personal point of view, um, passionate around uh, skiing, I have to say. Uh, so I'm living in the right place for, for that. I was going to say, also, you, can, uh, <laughs> you are in the right place. I mean, I think it'd be, uh, it'd be silly if it, if it was, I don't know, desert walking or something like that. Well, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Person, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, that, that and music and motorbikes are, are kind of the big things for, from my point of view. But, uh, but then, yeah, beyond that, I've had a career in, in kind of procurement and sourcing. Uh, I was also a consultant for a while as, as well. Um, and in a number of different sectors. So in, in life sciences, now and, and uh, for an extended period before I joined Avantor as well, um, but also um, worked in uh, in FMCG, in electronics, in automotive. So, so quite a kind of varied uh, sector background in, in that sense. So you uh, are going to be talking to us today about global sourcing, procurement, the state of the world, uh, you know, not just small things here and there. I mean, you, you've been busy. You're in the pharma sector. So clearly you've been busy this last year. I think perhaps the biggest, most obvious question to ask you is, you know, how have things gone for, for, for you this past year? You know, what, what, what has been keeping you up at night? What are you working on? What, what, what's happening in your world? Yeah, I think uh, like, like everybody, obviously diff different challenges at different times. And, and, you know, I still find it hard to believe in some ways, you know, February last year, I, I was in Italy the, the weekend when it really kind of broke out in Italy. And even then we sort of came home early from, from, uh, from Rome. Uh, I had no idea that, that within two weeks I'd be kind of at home with everybody else. And, and uh, you know, that here we are kind of. 15 months later and, and many things have changed, but in some ways we're, we're still at home. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's, been a, it's been a fascinating year. And, and for me personally, you know, I, I joined a company in the middle of all that. So it's, it's uh, you know, challenging to join a company when mm. you don't get the chance to actually physically, I, I physically met four people in, in, in yeah. Avantor. So uh, a lot of people over, over kind of team sessions, obviously. Um, from, a, from a company point of view, yeah, I mean, you're right, the, the life sciences sector, <laughs> excuse me, the life sciences sector, and, and in particular, uh, in, in big pharma, um, a lot of activity, obviously, around supporting the efforts of, of uh, finding finding treatments for uh, vaccines for, for COVID. Um, and that plays into, into our business as well. And, and, you know, we're distributing products um, to, to those sorts of companies. Uh, we have our own self-manufactured products as well. 
Um, and, you know, clearly challenging around to supply chains and, and actually getting products delivered uh, around the world has, has definitely been uh, definitely been challenging. I can certainly say joining the company uh, midway through COVID in, in many respects, I joined in August, um, there was a lot already in place and, I, and I'm, you know, incredibly proud of, of what the company has done and, and in particular, obviously, my team um, supporting the efforts to get products checked approved um but also shipped uh and, and to our customers and yeah it's it's been a been a fascinating time uh from that perspective i guess none of us have, have really lived through no. it before uh and hopefully don't have to again but um yeah who knows what the world looks like as as, as we move do, forward do you know do you know what i find fascinating is um if i had asked you two years ago you know could you work from home in this role in global yeah. sourcing and procurement what would your answer have been no exactly i mean i think whilst we were increasingly more relaxed in my last company we were pre increasingly more relaxed about people not having to be in the office sort of five days a week if you like in that sense or or, or traveling uh, five days a week um yeah the, the thought of being five days a week at home yeah you know we wouldn't have even been close to that and, and i think in in one way, it's, I, I, it sounds perverse, but I, I'm sort of pleased that that this has been not a short term thing because I think if, if COVID had just been a few months last summer, um, I think everybody would have gone back to doing what they were doing before, you know, yeah. and particularly travel. You know, I think everybody would have just jumped back on planes and kind of yeah, yeah, you know what, I'm, I'm going to travel wherever I need to. It would have been a blip. It would have been a little blip. Yeah, you know, and, and I, I hope, I think as well, it, it is making people rethink how they operate. You know, and including us in our company for sure. But but I think in general, you know, we've seen the pictures from around the world of, of cities and, and the difference in, in pollution levels, mm. uh, you know, significantly dropping in in this last year um you know that has to make people think and and not least because you know we're all we're all facing the, the kind of greenhouse gas and climate change issues in in that sense so i i really hope that if anything good comes out of this it, it is one of the things that, that we focus on even more is you know how do we think about our carbon footprint how do we think about how we operate our businesses on a day-to-day -day business do i really need to to get on that flight and and go to xyz location um, so yeah, I have some optimism around that part. So, do you know what you're right? You're absolutely right, Chris. Because I think it's it, you know this experiment of working from home five days a week has shown that we can adapt, right? We can adapt to new ways of thinking. So clearly, the opportunity here is to emerge into the new reality, whenever that's going to be, wherever that's going to be, however that's going to be, with a more sustainable business model, sustainable mm -hmm. business practices. Um, can I talk to you a little bit about? Procurement, global sourcing. I mean, look, mm. our, our audience, supply chain leaders, clearly they get the importance and the value of procurement. But you could argue that prior to COVID, there was a perception that global sourcing and procurement were all about cutting costs, mm. just cutting costs. Um, how has that perception changed with COVID? How have you guys adapted in your role within the business businesses in general? Yeah, no, it's, it's an interesting question because I, I think as a profession uh, over the last Oh, I don't even want to say how many years, but let's say the last 10 years for argument's sake, uh, the, we've spent arguably too much time as a profession kind of navel gazing about the kind of the value of what we do, in, in, in my view, at least anyway, um, and, and sort of bemoaning, do we have a seat at the table or not? And, you know, are we valued properly? And we're not just about cost savings. Um, and, and I think the, the companies that I've seen that have, that have just kind of said, you know what, 
that discussion is a waste of time. Uh, I need to just go on and if I want to claim another area or, or move into different spaces, I need to just do that and not ask permission um, mm -hmm. and really kind of make it happen. And so I think I think we have seen that in, in the profession in general. I think COVID has accelerated that um, because I think so much focus has been on the resilience of supply chains as, as, a, as an example, um, where in the past, you know, some companies undoubtedly would have had great plans for what do I do in the event of, um, and, uh, you know. But nobody could have foreseen that, you know, the global scale of, of this kind of disruption. Well, I guess, sorry, apart from the people that, for, that know pandemics would happen, I'm saying realistically, you know, companies really couldn't have foreseen how huge this was going to be. Yeah, and, and I, th I think I think to some degree we we and and governments you know have turned a blind eye to that because it's it's it, you know until it happens it's a nuisance and you don't really want to have to think about it you know to to be sort of crude um, mm. in that sense and and so it, it it's easier to go yeah yeah we've got a, a, a some kind of plan in place but but you know is it really robust well you know some companies you know have really stepped up and been able to kind of show yeah you know what all those plans we made there, there was definitely a good reason for doing that. Um, and for those that didn't, then obviously they've been scrambling. Um, and, you know, I, I think for, for procurement and sourcing, I think the, the good thing is, yeah, it, cost is, is always an element of, of what we do for sure. Um, but I think this last year or so, that's, that's definitely been a kind of secondary uh, element, if you like, in, in that sense, because, yeah, it's more been about, you know, you know what can we get supply and, and can we get supply of, of whatever's critical to our business? Uh, and obviously, particularly working in our sector, there's a whole number of, of elements of it, whether it's PPE at one end of the scale or whether it's, you know, critical chemicals and, and, uh, and input products that, uh, that are needed to make a vaccine as a, as a for instance. Um, so, yeah, it, we've we've all got different challenges in, uh, in that sense. But, yeah, it, it's it's uh, hopefully, again, another case of we don't slide back afterwards to just talking about cost again. You know? And that's that's down to us. If we do, then that's all for us. I agree with you, but I think surely the, you know, the industry or businesses are seeing the value that procurement and sourcing can have. Uh, I, I know what you said before about navel gazing and, you know, do we add value? Do we not add value? But right now with COVID, I think it's been extremely valuable to, to see the kind of, the kind of um, impact that good sourcing can have on getting the goods and, and helping a company mm -hmm. adapt to to this disruption it builds you know so so how how much are you looking to prepare for the future now i mean i know nobody knows what's going to happen when mm. but where are you in terms of preparing yourself for the next phases yeah it's, it's a good question i mean I, I think in if i think about where i am personally you know having only just joined the company you know kind of eight months ago we're anyway we've been through that kind of piece of looking at the strat plan for sourcing, looking at how we want to develop the function and, and take it forward. Um, and I, I, in, in putting that strat plan together, it, it looks different probably than it would have done, you know, mm. uh, 18 months previously in, in that sense. So, so there is more built into there around, you know, how resilient are our supply chains and, and what does our local sourcing versus global sourcing look like and, and what, what does our footprint mm. look like in, in that sense. And, and even cases in the last weeks, like like what's going on in, in India, you know, is is again just sort of shifting, shifting some of the thinking. I think then from a from a company point of view, um, certainly some of the aspects we've touched on already. You know, what what's the footprint of the company look like? Um, how do we want to work as a company? How do we? Mm. What kind of talent do we need in the future? Given a different type of organisational setup potentially, um, and and the different skill sets, if if we're going to be more focused on 
sustainability. If we're going to be more focused on resilience, that's a different kind of talent profile than than maybe folks that are more focused purely on on you know negotiating and, and cost in that sense. It's not to say you you, you need just one and you not lose. the other. You need to have yeah. the right blend, obviously, in, in that sense. But but I think that there's there's definitely from our point of view, that's one of the things that we're definitely looking at across across the team and, and how how we uh, how we're organized, how we're set up in, in that sense to to kind of meet the the future. And and the company is growing as well. So we have all that going on at the same time as as we would, you know, we're just in the process of an acquisition. So um, you know, we we we've got to also be agile enough to be able to deal with okay what does what does that mean to us and how do we how do we set up and, and uh, get ready for that and also do it in a, uh, a sort of smart way so that we're just so that as we as we do the acquisition so that we're we're bringing we're it prepared. on board quickly and yeah. it's kind of seamless you know yeah I, I totally hear you I mean there's business doesn't stop right you know, you know mm. I, 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 right now that to me this year has felt or the, the last 15 months have felt like kind of changing the tires on a car whilst it's moving on the highway yeah you know yeah uh we still need to transform we still need to adapt to um, a new sort of digital transformation or digital world uh mm. different skill sets etc i mean it really is there's quite a lot of balls in the air yeah uh which is why well to be frank it's one of the reasons why we exist to try to talk to other leaders and find out how you're doing you know what what successes you're having what challenges you're having um, can we talk a little bit about collaboration internal collaboration mm. you know how important do you think it is to collaborate internally or with your with your suppliers uh, or create the kind of in collaborative environment with suppliers. Does that add value? How much value? And what do you, what do you think on that? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I think and back to your earlier question in some ways about about kind of procurement sourcing, how it looks at its its value, how in terms of what it does mm. in the company. Uh, you know, nothing that we do in 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 sourcing or procurement is done on, on our own. You know, yes, you yeah. might do a negotiation one to one with a supplier, but the reality is all the prep work you need to do to get there. You're going to be doing that with with other colleagues internal internally whether it's kind of the the r d side of the business mm. uh on, on customer service side of the business whatever it is logistics um so I, you know from an internal perspective collaboration uh, i think is 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 critical obviously in in that sense and, and certainly again in our setting um yeah. there's a number of areas where we we absolutely work hand in glove with with functions that are that are very close to what we're doing and, and we're close to what they're doing in that sense so we we can't succeed without them and they can't succeed without us um i think the i think the external part is always harder uh, for sure um yeah. just because it's yeah. beyond the boundaries of, of your organization i think the um the challenges tend to come with differences of of what is it that we're trying to do as a company and what is it that the supplier is trying to do as a company and, and have we really aligned around do we understand that you know do we understand what their vision for the relationship is and what ours is and actually have we ever talked about that together yeah. and, and in, in many cases the answer to that is is no unfortunately and that that's something we're trying to do at the moment is, is actually look at some of the key partners and kind of say look do we really understand what we're both trying to get from this relationship and There'll be points where we say, you know what, we don't agree, and that's fine. But at least we understand that we don't agree on on that. Um, I think also the, the big shift which is coming, and, and I, I think sustainability is going to help this, and we, we can talk about that more later. But uh, I think the the notion of in the past very often depends on the the company and the sector, but very often we we pretty much have one to one relationships with with many suppliers. Um, so do we uh, truly understand the supply chain that sits behind them? 
Um, and do we understand now more broadly the kind of the, the, the ecosystem or the network that they're part of and that we're part of? And it, it's not so much just about that kind of one-to-one -one relationship anymore. How do we engage with the other players, the other parties that are engaged in, in this, this ecosystem? And that that is, again, back to the talent discussion. I think that's a big piece of, you know, have we got people that can understand that, how to navigate within that uh, and operate in that way? And it's it's new opportunity in that sense, which is really exciting. So that's a that's a fascinating area, I think, in in that regard with the collaboration part. You know, I think I think what you just said is absolutely spot on and fascinating. Like you say, of the opportunities that can emerge with delving deeper into understanding the um, uh, the, the all of the tiers of your um, suppliers, right? Mm -hmm. uh, because if you're if it's a different way of thinking, if isn't it? If you mm -hmm. think back you know, to when you got started, to when we got started in the, in this industry, these are not conversations that were even present. Mm -hmm. And that's why I, I think you're saying um, that you're going to need some new talent or different types of talent that can also have the mindset to appreciate this. You know, I did a live event a few months back, maybe a year ago now, with Professor David Simke Levy from MIT. And he asked our audience, it was a live event, and he asked the audience, um, how many of you have mapped your supply chain uh into second third tier of your suppliers and i mm. when he said to me i'm going to ask this question i said no disrespect I, I remember thinking i said but surely these guys are very important these people are important supply chain leaders but it sounds obvious to me that they would have and he said maria just watch <laughs> he asked the question and i kid you not i was so shocked and surprised that the majority of supply chain leaders had not done this mm. uh and so i think to me this element, this piece right here could be one of the things that leads us to competitive advantage. Mm. Uh, yes, better costs, uh, alignment of goals and, uh, and also the uh, emergence of new business models. So now let's move on to sustainability. Mm. How do you believe, or how much do you believe that the collaboration between your suppliers on maybe you know, common goals and objectives and missions could lead us to a more sustainable way of working. Yeah, I mean, I think that the, for me, it's become, I think, the pivot or the anchor for how we collaborate externally with suppliers and particularly on topics like innovation. Um, because I think it's it's been hard in the past to work with suppliers on innovation topics in a, in a, a sustained way over time. We've seen, you know, companies have great success and, and great examples and case studies of, of, uh, of innovation through supply base, but how to sustain that and how to make that kind of repeatable. And, and I think that's, I personally think that's because very often the ask from the business around innovation is not clear. You know, innovation has been a kind of trend, if you like, for, for the last, I don't know, five, six years, pro probably longer than that, but, yeah. but it's been very much in focus in, in those kind of last five, five, six years. Now, if the ask from the business is just go get me more innovation, that, that's kind of pretty meaningless, obviously, and it's very difficult yeah. to, to build a sustained program. So I think the, the focus on sustainability um, is going to mean that, that we've now got that anchor for sustained innovation with, with suppliers, because there's no way that anybody can solve sustainability for their company on their own. They can only do it with, with the network of suppliers that they, that they work with and, and broader partners, actually, not just suppliers. Um, and I, I think that's going to create that, that kind of imperative that says, look, 
how do we actually work together to find a sustainable solution to whatever the particular challenge is? And that is going to have to lead to, to innovative uh, solutions and, and creative solutions between, between partners. Um, because otherwise we just fall back on our oh, well, you know, if it's going to be more sustainable, it's going to cost us more because mm. we have to return it, we have to recycle it, you know, whatever the issue is. I don't, I don't buy that. Uh, I, I get the logic, but I, but I don't buy that. I think that's where we need to really drive uh, the innovation with, with our supply partners to kind of say, okay, here's the problem we're trying to solve. Now, is, is there a different way of doing that? If it's different types of packaging, if it's different types of materials, you know, whatever it is, um, or do we even, you know, is, is there a way of even removing the product from the supply chain altogether so that actually you don't even need to create that, that footprint in the first place? So I, I think that that because that's now a long term issue for yeah. us all, uh, you know, that's not going away. We're all going to be dealing with that for, for you know, the rest of our lives, frankly, I think, in that sense. So, so how we work with our supply partners on that has now got a really clear anchor in a way that, as I say, I, I think before it was a bit vague, frankly, depending on the company you're in, you know, there'd be some. Yeah, I know what you mean. It was clear, you know. But, but, but also, there was a sort of a bit of a disconnect between pursuing sustainable action and deriving business value, you know. Uh, there was that conversation before, you know, it was almost like, oh, like you just said, um, oh, what if I'm going to do this, it's going to cost me money, it's going to, you know, be expensive. But now consumers are demanding this, mm. the industry is demanding this, employees are demanding this, Absolutely. Uh, the drive to this is urgent and essential. Yeah. So what responsibility do you think the CPO, the senior procurement and sourcing leaders have uh, in fostering the right kind of environment for creating this kind of collaborative uh, working. Yeah, I think I think it's it's very much about the setting up the right dialogue with with the suppliers. And, and I think in many cases in the past with with some of the um, the kind of so-called responsible procurement type approaches, if you like, in, in that sense, uh, whether it's things like conflict minerals or anti bribery or whatever, um, though, those were somewhat kind of transactional if you like in terms of are you adhering to this or not you know it's 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 a bit kind of binary in it in a way and I, I think now as I say with the sustainability piece that the where the CPOs are taking action in, in many cases I see it already um, and, and we need to take action is in this bit that says right okay how do we talk to our supplier base about what we do together because again no, nobody can solve it on mm. their own um, and I think because of the the as you mentioned that the, the pressures are coming from all angles, rightly yes. so, um, and I think that that helps to create the burning platform. That helps to create the the story with the supply base that says, look, you know, whether you like it or not, these carbon targets are coming your way. You know, you you can you're not going to have much choice and pretend yeah. it's not, but they are. You know, um, so so yeah, I think that that makes it far easier to have that dialogue that says, look, how do we fix this together as opposed to us trying to fix it just as an individual company? And, and so, yeah, I, I see a lot of, it, it's been exciting actually in the last, you know, sort of three, four years, probably seeing quite a few CPOs that have procurement and sustainability in their job title now. And I, and I think that's entirely appropriate um, from that point of view, because the supply base is going to have a massive part of your footprint in, in pretty much any company that you, that you work in. It's going to go hand in hand. I think there's going to be a time where it won't need to be part of the job title. Everyone's job title is going to have some mm. sort of sustainability element to it. Let's let's hope we get there. I'm going to ask you to predict a little bit. You know, have a look look into into a crystal ball. Where do, what do you think are there going to be the challenges and opportunities ahead for you know in the next year 
for procurement and sourcing and supply chain leaders? Yeah, I think I think it's probably a, in, in some ways a bit of a summary of, of some of the things we've been touching on. I, I think definitely the, the ongoing piece about do we truly understand to, to your point our full supply chain? Um, do we do we understand where the potential breakages are in in that supply chain? Is is it us or is it the suppliers or, mm. or or where is it, and where is it potentially geographically as well? Do we truly understand where our products are being made around the world and and where? The potential for disruption is whether it's natural natural events, whether it's uh, you know pandemic, whether it's you know whatever, um, and so I think that piece is is going to continue to be a, a huge focus for us and as as a function as we go forward. I think the sustainability and innovation piece uh, again, I think that that's I think that's a huge mandate for the function um, that that we've probably as a profession we've we've tried to get our arms around in the past but again i think the sustainability bit is is just really creating that imperative that that wasn't quite crystallized before but now but now it is um and so i think from a function point of view again it plays into the talent part I think, you know i touched on it a couple of times earlier but i think this piece of talent in procurement and sourcing is, is always a discussion because because inevitably the function evolves and so you need to think about the the types of talent that you need um, but I think particularly as I think about topics like circular economy, that, that's, that's different from, from the vast majority of, of procurement functions would never have had to think about, mm -hmm. well, once the product leaves me, it's kind of not my problem. You know, we've sold it to a yeah. customer, you know, it's gone. But now, you know what, it is your problem. And, and potentially you have to bring that product back at end of life. And you have to think about how is it getting remanufactured, disposed of, recycled, whatever the, the, uh, the approach is. And, and that's, yeah, it's a different mindset for all of us in that sense. And, and that, that's going to be a, a really interesting learning, I think, in the next, you know, in the next years as we go forward about, well, how, how do we deal with that? Um, so, yeah, I think, and it, and it plays in, again, to the collaboration part. You know, you can't do it as, as procurement on your own. You need to do that with your supply chain function, with your technical functions, uh, with the sales and commercial functions as well. So I, I think uh, I think it helps procurement in many ways overcome some of those challenges that we were we were talking about at the beginning in terms of how the, the functions have been positioned in the past uh, yeah. and I think it's it's a fantastic opportunity to really kind of spread uh, in, in that sense or spread the wings in, in that sense um, and engage right across the organization and not just across the a cost, a cost dynamic if you like in, in that sense so so to me the opportunities are very significant the opportunities for value for um uh, for sustainability gains uh but what's essential is going to be collaboration and talent mm. uh to, if, if i can just summarize what, what yeah. you've been saying i think i think perhaps maybe in hiring talent for procurement and sourcing there was a certain type of uh criteria that was needed and that's not going to change you need good negotiators you need people that mm. are commercial you need all that but i think you need people that are able to think in a different way uh to tackle different problems and that can navigate relationships uh, yeah. especially in in this complex world chris i want to thank you for for being here i want to thank you for sharing your thoughts on this and i am excited to see what you're going to be doing no thank you very much being really enjoyed the discussion and, and uh, yeah happy to uh, happy to talk again in the future that's for sure great thank you very much chris and for those of you watching at home we'll catch you at the next one thanks a lot